Vanetics with Gabriel of Urantia and Neon Emerson Chase, an ongoing series of lectures and teachings on spiritual leadership, personal change, and the principles of divine administration. Part of the curriculum of the University of Ascension Science and the Physics of Rebellion. More information can be found at uaspr.org. This episode is titled, The Benefits of Divine Administration in Relation to the Essentials of Life and the Pursuit of Happiness. What is true freedom? Here is Gabriel of Urantia. I thought that I would start off reading, I can't read the whole thing, but an article called The Good Life Redefining Success in the 21st Century, and it's from Co-op. America Quarterly, which we get. And it was written, Laura Brown and Rosemary Brown. First of all, they did a uh, survey, and they asked Americans, what are the things that you would consider your kind of like utopia reality in your living situation? Those things were an access to good health care, close-knit community, Comfortable housing, economic security, fulfilling relationships, good food and a balanced diet, healthy and safe environment, meaningful work, no debt and some money saved, rejuvenating leisure activities, spiritual wealth, time for yourself, family and friends. I think that we can honestly say that we have all that. Maybe we don't have any personal money saved for ourselves, but that's not divine administration, and one day we hope that there'd be no money on this planet. But we do have an abundance of what we need in, in many areas. Our desires sometimes are not our really true needs. God knows our needs, and he gives us our needs. He doesn't always give us our desires and wants because we're not ready for them at the time, but he does give us our needs. And here, more so than any other place I've ever been, together in our own lives and communities, we can move from a system of, from a system organized around the love of money to a healthy, vibrant society organized around the love of life. That's their words. And uh, gee, that's what we're doing. We're not just reading about it, you know, we're doing it. I wonder how many millions have read this and saying, gee, I wish, you know, I could be doing that. We're doing it. People are recognizing the need to change the system. Well, every one of you realized that or you wouldn't be here. That's what got you here. They want to reclaim what's important to them, relationships meaningful work, a sense of community, and a healthy planet. They are moving away from the material and towards the spiritual in quest of personal fulfillment and global justice. That's what we're doing. By making practical, ethical, and meaningful choices, we can become part of the solution. That's what we're doing. On different topics, which I won't read all the topics, I'm just going to read a little sentence on the topics. One of the topics are destroying the environment. Global warming 
could cause a sea level rise of up to 3.5 feet in the next century, triggering massive floods worldwide. The United States is the largest producer of waste in the world. Under a topic called Perpetuating Economic Injustice, according to the World Resource Institute, the disparity in incomes between the rich and the poor within nations and between wealthy and poor nations in general continues to widen, meaning that a relatively small percentage of the world's people and nations control most of the world's economic and natural resources. While the have-nots struggle to meet basic human needs, food, clean water, shelter, and health care, the haves, even with an overabundance of possessions, remain unfulfilled. Global food production is generally adequate to meet human nutritional needs, but problems with distribution mean that some 800 million people throughout the world are still malnourished. The poorest 20% of the world's people consume just 1.3% of the Earth's goods and services, while the richest 20%, which are most Americans, consume 86% of the world's resources. The average American consumes as, many, as much energy as three Germans, six Mexicans, 14 Chinese, 38 Indians, and 168 Bangladesh, one American. 300 shopping bags worth of natural resources are needed to fuel the average American's lifestyle for one week. In the United States, the top 1% of households have more wealth than the entire bottom 95% of the world. Mm -hmm. Depleting natural resources. We are using renewable resources faster than nature can replenish them. In the last 50 years, Americans have consumed the equivalent amount of natural resources as every human who ever had lived prior in the last 50 years. We have already reached the limits of sustainable use of number of renewable resources, including water, soil, fisheries, and forests. Every day, 25,000 people die as a result of poor water quality and waterborne diseases still represent the single largest cause of human sickness and death worldwide. Some 1.7 billion people, more than one-third of the world's population, are without safe water supply. In addition, an estimated one-quarter of the world will suffer from chronic water shortages in the beginning of the next century. Minerals due to run out in 50 years are copper, lead, mercury, nickel, tin, and zinc. More than 90% of America's original old growth forests have been logged, 90%. Under the topic of losing biodiversity, of a working figure of 13 million species, only 13% only have been scientifically described. Over the past 100 years, the loss of species in natural areas has taken place at a pace unequaled in the history of life on Earth, almost entirely as a result of human activities under the topic of harming our health. In the pursuit of happiness and the American dream, we poisoned the air we breathe, the water we drink, and the food we eat. Toxins are building up in the environment and beginning to take a toll on humans too. 
Toxic water pollution, for example, can result in many different kinds of cancers, impaired reproductive systems, impaired immune systems, and neurological problems such as learning and behavior disorders. More than 163 million Americans live in cities that violate federal standards for air pollution. Air pollution causes 40,000 premature deaths per year and tens of thousands of trips to the emergency room. Asthma rates have increased by 75% since 1980, and asthma deaths in children and young adults age 5 to 24 nearly doubled between 1980 and 1993. Lead poisoning affects as many as 900,000 children in the United States. Industries such as waste incinerators are constantly and quietly releasing lead into our environment daily. Health officials have issued warnings against eating fish from 50,000 lakes and streams in 39 states due to mercury contamination, which can cause severe neurological damage. Under the topic increasing corporate power, individuals and governments are being overpowered by giant transnational corporations whose profits and power depend on making us ever more dependent on buying things we don't really need. Monopolizing the media. <laughs> you just heard on the news about that. Just a few companies own everything. Everything. Advancing advertising. Well, children watch between 50 and 100 TV commercials per day or 20,000 to 40,000 TV ads annually. By the time they graduate from high school, a typical American teenager has been exposed to 360,000 advertisements. Talk about mind control. <laughs> and that's what they say we do. That's what Gabriel does, right? That's what they do. Eroding savings and investment capital. I'm just going to pass on that because it's all, to me, the whole political and economic situation in regards to capital is not even an issue in God. Because if divine administration really was implemented worldwide, there'd be no money. <laughs> so I'm passing on that one. Fracturing family and community. American families are doing less together. As our ties to others and our community disintegrate, it's showing up in increased crime, drug use, violence, and lack of personal and family security. American parents spent 40% less time with their children in 1985 than they did in 1965. 40% in just 20 years. According to a survey of 1,000 workers nationwide, 95% wish that they could spend more time with their family. And if they weren't afraid of security problems, they would seek other jobs to do so. After reaching its lowest point in the early 1900s, drug use at any time during the previous year by high school seniors began to increase. In 1998, more 8th graders, 10th graders, and 12th graders reported that it would be fairly easy or very easy to obtain marijuana than did their counterparts in 1992. Then there's another topic, failing to educate our children. 
I'll just read the one bottom one, and that should state it all right there. The United States has witnessed more mass school shootings than any other nation on the planet. The spreading sprawl. Americans' share of, of world population is only 5%, but 32% of the world's vehicles are used by Americans. Under the topic, breeding dissatisfaction and depression. The lack of time, community, and spiritually engendered by a consumption-based system are causing despair. I'll read that again. The lack of time, the lack of community, the lack of any spiritually engendered workplace based upon a consumption-based system is causing the despair in Americans. Overwhelmed, they are seemingly powerless over their situations and are becoming despair, sad, cynical, and despondent. Living on a bare minimum. Approximately 35 million Americans live in, in sub-poverty. A person working full-time at a minimum wage will only earn $10,712 per year. Nearly 40% below the national poverty threshold for a family of four. Many of the 180 million starseed can't even do that. They can't even work a minimum job wage because they just can't put up with the BS. Working beyond capacity. The 40-hour work week has become Americans' accepted standard even though we could produce our 1948 standard of living in less than half the time it took in <laughs> that year. In debunking the myth, more money equals the American dream. Reality? Of Americans earning less than 15000 per year, 5% say they have reached the American dream. Of those earning more than 50000 6% say they have reached the American dream. <laughs> Obviously, increased wealth is not the answer. We need to forge a new American dream that focuses less on monetary wealth and includes health, happiness, security, and fulfillment for all. Myth. Our standard of living and quality of life are better. Reality. While the standard of living assesses material goods and money, quality of life is measured in meaningful work, a sense of community, and a healthy planet. We have quality of life here in the divine administration. Myth. The more we consume, the better the economy. I'll just pass on that one. <laughs> Consumption is human nature. <laughs> I should pass on that, but there's one line I thought I'd read. The advertising industry relentlessly hooks into the basic human need for self-worth and converts it to product need. This is not the same thing as having an actual need. Myth. Consumption increases salaries and protects jobs. I just pass on that one. One of those consumption ones. It doesn't increase salary. It doesn't protect your job. Myth. Technology can solve overconsumption crises. Well, 
Many believed that the internet would greatly reduce paper consumption. However, Howard Packard reports that when email is introduced in an office, printing skyrockets 40%. Myth. Expansion will solve our economic problems. I like this. They use a little cosmic terms here. On a finite planet and a finite universe, we can't expand forever. The pie isn't getting bigger, but the population is growing. And unequal distribution creates a host of social problems. Myth. Developing nations are the problem. <laughs> the average American consumes 12.5 acres worth of the Earth's resources per year, while the average Indian consumes a little more than two acres. Myth. The Earth will thrive despite overconsumption. Reality. The United Nations cites the unsustainable pattern of consumption and production in industrialized nations as the major cause of environmental deterioration. Overconsumption accelerates species extinction, water and air pollution, global warming, and accumulation of toxic waste and garbage. For everyone to enjoy the ecological excess of the United States and Canada, one if not two additional planets would be necessary. Reducing consumption is essential to creating a sustainable environment. In the beginning, the United States of America and the Constitution of the United States in 1776, it was really the beginning of the divine administration. Good old George, Jefferson and boys. Hey, one of them here with us now. What started and the beginning was laid down. However, the system of leadership for the people, by the people, of the people, is and was and always will be needed to grow and expand. You can't look back to just 200 years ago and say, oh, there's all the rules and it's all laid down right there. That's like looking back to the Old Testament and saying, that's all you need is the Old Testament. You don't need the New Testament. That's like those who just look at the New Testament and say, oh, this is all we need. We don't need the epical revelation. You know, the foundations were laid, but they are just the beginning foundations. It has become stagnant because the leaders have failed to grow and ascend in spiritual cosmic principles and accept epical revelation. There's a book here that I'm reading. I ordered. It's called The Original Intent by David Barton. Basically, there was never intended to be a separation of church and state. This is what this book points out. And that all the leaders that were picked to be leaders in the government of the United States of America had to know God. They took a test. <laughs> no, not a written test, but they were brought before the elders and questioned. It was discerned. What kind of relationship did they have with God before they could even run for office? We here at the First Planetary Sacred Home 
have a cosmic fact and a profound truth. That true freedom is not unbridled liberty and self-assertion. True freedom is knowing God and obeying God's will and being bridled by your God and by God's representatives in the flesh, human or Lananda Dex or Veranda Dex or Mekiza Dex or Seraphim elders. That's a rule throughout all eternity. That's what true freedom is. And those elders over you are trusted to help you discern God's will, who is not, who is living inside of you, but often your own will is in opposition to God's will. And those elders are there to help you discern God's will. Divine administration, the words divine administration, as two words, is only mentioned once in the Your Answer book. However, the word divine and administration is mentioned often, but together only once. On page 63, it says, The Father desires all his creatures to be in personal communion with him. He has on paradise a place to receive all those whose survival status and spiritual nature make possible such an attainment. And I have in a song of mine, such a rendezvous. <laughs> yeah. Therefore, settle in your philosophy, now and forever, to each of you and to all of us, God is approachable. The Father is attainable. The way is open, the forces of divine love, and the ways and means of divine administration are all interlocked in an effort to facilitate the advancement of every worthy intelligence of every universe, every universe, to the paradise presence of the universal Father. So they equate divine administration with the universal Father and hearing his will. In the Arantia book, it says on page 799 that mankind's struggle to perfect a government on Urantia has to do with perfecting channels of administration, with adapting them to ever-changing current needs, with improving power distribution within government. That's what I just did today. Let me read that again. With improving power distribution, Deo power distribution within government. That's what I just did today. And then, with selecting such administrative leaders as are truly wise. Well, I guess we missed up there. <laughs> Down with a kitty. <laughs> sure. <laughs> While there is a divine and ideal form of government, such cannot be revealed, but must be slowly and laboriously discovered by the men and women of each planet throughout the universes of time and space. Today, as though through the history of Urantia, there is an outcry, as Fair was pointing out, by the masses of on many countries for democracy and for freedom. Human beings relate the two together democracy and freedom with capitalism. However, democracy and capitalism alone have evidenced themselves 
out after 200 years of application applied to a melting pot of diversified people, including starseed from three other universes, not the systems of true freedom. How do we know that? Well, look at America today. You want to get a home? You got to get permission from the county you belong in. Want to put up a teepee on your free land? You got to get permission from the county. If the law says you can't put up a teepee, you can't. Or a tent. Want to build an extra addition to your home? Or you better follow the rules the way they want to or you can't build it. Want to do this? Want to do that? Don't pay your taxes. You just lost your land. Is that freedom? Mm -mm. The communists said, hey, what was the, what they say? They were, excited. they were excited. They said, hey, you guys can control the people better than we can with your laws. Not God's laws, but with the laws of the governments. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're embrace capitalism as long as it works, as long as we can control the masses and benefit. We can be the ones at the top. All laws in your answer book on page 114. All laws take origin in the first source and center. He is the law. Father. Father is the law. First source and center. The administration of spiritual law inheres in the second source and center. The administration of spiritual. That's why Santin, as the first triad, is the beginning first triad. He works with many of you a lot closer than, than I do, and Neon does. Administrating the law. Not that I'm not administrating, <laughs> but he's on a personal one-to-one -one basis. I'm working with more papers, writing the law, directing people in a direction, but he's out there implementing it, hearing it from Neon and I, and implementing it, working with all of you. The revelation of law, the promulgation and interpretation of the divine statutes is the function of the third source and center. Isn't it interesting that our first attorney would be a female? The application of law, justice falls within the province of the Paradise Trinity and is carried out by certain sons of the Trinity. The absolute need for policy and procedures. Well, the Urantia book just explains it on page 363. As regards the policies, conduct, and administration of a local universe, the universal father acts in the person of his creator son. In the interrelationships of the sons of God and the group associations of the personalities of origin and the third source and center, or in the relationship between any other creatures, such as human beings, as concerning such associations, the Universal Father never intervenes. That's why I allow Santine. That's why I allow some other elders and some mandated people to have authority in certain areas. I try not to intervene. It isn't easy, because I'm far from perfect, and I'm not at a spirit level yet. But I still understand the principle of it all. It doesn't make my job any easier knowing. <laughs> there is no division of authority. Never is there a cross working of divine power and purpose. The deities are in perfect and eternal unanimity. 
So we try to be too. I, I try, we try to be in divine mind with each other in eldership. And it's working out very well. Very well. I taught Santine yesterday, well, sometimes you bounce the ball on my wall and I'll bounce it on yours. That's what we do, you know. But I have to have the authority to say, Santine, your ball is not bouncing right. <laughs> and sometimes he tells me, you know, but very seldom. <laughs> because I'm his elder, you know, and I'm not as wrong as much as he is. <laughs> this we all know. <laughs> But that's the way that's the way it has to work. That's the way it works throughout all eternity with the cosmic families. And that's how the cosmic family families are set up. And so I've said this over and over and over again, seeing the bigger picture, seeing the bigger picture. On page 637, I finally read how the bigger picture is spoken of in the Urantia book. The diverse levels of creation are all unified in the plans and administration of the architects of the master universe. To the circumscribed minds of time, space mortals, the universe may present many problems and situations which apparently portray disharmony and indicate absence of effective coordination. But those of us who are able to observe wider stretches of universal phenomena and who are more experienced in this art of detecting the basic unity which underlies creative diversity and of discovering the divine oneness which overspreads all this functioning of plurality, better perceive the divine and single purpose exhibited in all these manifold manifestations of universal creative energy. So, what are they saying? Well... You got to see the bigger picture. <laughs> Realizing that all of you don't see the bigger picture, but some do see the bigger, big, bigger picture and all the diversity of it all. And so I asked all of you to try to see the bigger picture. <laughs> the bigger picture. Why are you here? Who are we? Who am I? Who is Neon? What is the mandate of the bright morning star? The bigger picture. And when you see the bigger picture to any, any degree whatsoever, then you can count your blessings. All the blessings that was mentioned to you in this complete and overall topic today. Your blessings as destiny reservists. As destiny reservists. Because some of the very people that I've loved in, my, in this life on this earth are not here in the community with me. I wish they were. But I loved my biological sister. She's not here. I can't give her what I can give any one of you. Because she's not here. She has to earn it. Like you guys have had to. She has to come into a relationship with her universal father. That's the, the prime thing. Not knowing God just a little bit, but knowing God so big that finally she realizes, I want divine administration, where is it? Oh, God. Huh, my brother, he's the leader of it. How far is she from that? Hmm. One, two mansion worlds away. I got cousins, I got friends back in Pittsburgh. Same thing. Wish they were here. 
How far are they away from it? Four, five mansion worlds, two mansion worlds, whatever. Can't give it to them. Like to. Can't help them. So you can't give yourselves the luxury of complaint and self-pity. None of you can continue to do that. Oh, maybe for a few moments. But then kick yourself in the pants. <laughs> Realize how stupid and foolish you are and get over with it. Some of you allow it to go on for days at a time. That's why you're on that, that three-day psychic fourth circle thing. Whatever, whatever the <laughs> technical definition is, you know. But that's why you're there on the fourth circle, because you fall off for three days at a time in self-pity and complaint. Continue to realize that you're being called by the Father to the excellence of godly character. Godly character. Ascending sons and daughters. Godly characters. That God has given you the personality that you continue must activate and godly character. And what you're doing, many of you, so beautifully. But you can always do better. Seek the true freedom of his perfect will. That's freedom. Daddy, what should I do? When you ask Daddy that, and listen, he'll tell you. But if you, your own self-will is so... is it? In your own mind and heart, it's hard for Daddy to speak to you. I, I tell you, any of you parents who raise kids... You know, you tell them over and over and over again what not to do, what to do. And it's like it, like you never said it once to them. You know, that's how rebellion is to the mind. You cannot have the attitudes of your animal minds. You can't allow that. As the Rancher book speaks of that over and over again, it's thought of justice so hard to get through to you. Because you want to dwell in the animal mind. You can't stay in your self-will. The will of God. The will of Daddy. You have to understand that the will of Daddy will change you. The will of Daddy has to be able to change your mind. The will of Daddy has to be able to change your, your complacence, your arrogance. The will of Daddy has to be able to change your jealousies and resentments. The will of Daddy has to be able to change every little area about you that is not of godly character. That's the will of Daddy. Our Father, a loving Father in heaven. Else, why do we want to go to heaven? <laughs> why do we want to reach paradise if we want to remain like we are right now? Because heaven is going to be perfect with perfect creatures and perfect beings. And we have to be as perfect as they are, at least at some level of perfection. And so what it all boils down to is what I've been saying every Sunday morning when I walk in, you have to <coughs> seek the spirit solution. <laughs> Thank you. Vanetics with Gabriel of Urantia and Neon Emerson Chase an ongoing series of lectures and teachings on spiritual leadership, personal change, and the principles of divine administration. 
part of the curriculum of the University of Ascension Science and the Physics of Rebellion. More information can be found at uaspr.org.